Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 3, Episode 8, Surrender. Uh, Aaron, what did you think of this episode? I thought it's another great episode. It's highlighted between the struggle for supremacy in Data's own positronic brain, between lore and Data. I guess it's not even Data's mm-hmm. brain. It's it's uh, Alton Soon's brain. They're They're struggling for supremacy within it. Uh, I did see the resolution coming a mile away, but I still think it's a really, it's a cool positronic judo move that, of course, you are what you fell. eat, essentially. Yeah, and and Lore <laughs> fell for a hook, line, and sinker. He didn't understand yeah, yeah. the integration assignment, um, and I, I think I don't know. It's like I, there's this rumored development of a Star Trek legacy show where it's going to be the original bridge crew of the ED minus Picard um, gallivanting around and like I think they found a clever way to get Brent Spiner back into the role because he's like oh, I, you know I can't play an immortal robot I'm too I'm an old man now and stuffing him into old man soon's body artificially that's, that's, aging husk like Picard, that's an artificially yeah. aging husk that they can do now like in the fullness of positronic technology I, I i mean shit if it gets me more of this and it's as mm-hmm. much fun as this has been i'm 100 percent on board for that but like having data here now finally all like seeing them all around the conference table at the end um mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. Riker and Troy fucking around I, I I had a big smile on my face throughout most of this episode. I still don't know what the fuck is the deal with <laughs> Jack? with uh Jack although uh-huh hashtag team left nut I still think it's got a lot of pro- possibilities. I really do. <laughs> okay. I do feel like, you know, I, I I don't know if that's literally how the mechanics work but him being a changeling baby mm-hmm. making a lot of sense still. Uh what do you think of it? Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I I really like seeing my whole crew working together. You know, we got a little bit of that last episode. We get a little bit more of it this time. What's what's not to like there? Uh, I think the performance and the, the, the performance of Vatic and the tricks that they use to beat her are all very good. Uh, she's totally unhinged, but something about it is working for me. I can see that I can very easily see this character not working. Uh, but whatever Amanda Plummer is doing here is just like it's right on the edge of being too cartoony, but still being believable for me. Yeah, because so. like it's such an extreme thing she went through. Right, such a crazy right. that like I could fo- totally believe that you would turn into a maniac at at uh-huh. you know you're being medically tortured by this Starfleet institution that also tried to genocide your people. Like, what mm-hmm. wouldn't you do against? 
Yeah, and what does the, the personality of somebody who has been through that look like? Who knows? But I, I believe mean, she's it could literally look like scarred. This. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you can like she's. Uh, um, it's it, it's it's a it's an interesting performance. I'm actually kind of sad to see her go a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I assuming that she's dead. Has to I, be. It has to be unless she like warms back up and the fires of the burning ship but like then she just cools back off again it doesn't matter plus i think i've blown up by like a salvo of five photon torpedoes like she is just scattered to the cosmic void i feel like gotta be yeah Um, she'd have a hard time reconstituting at this point but yeah like what is the actual goal what are they trying to do with jack what are they trying to know know why his powers do seem like they're a key because like uh Vedic was delighted to see him using his full potential in this episode, so that's somehow playing right mm-hmm. into their hands. But uh, you know, we got the whole crew together. We got, we finally figured out something for Deanna to do. Yes, with her psychic powers, other than getting psychically raped. Mm-hmm. Like this, actually, like God, it makes me so pissed off at the start. The next generation writers that like all along they could have had her just go into people's <laughs> minds and do mental battle and do all these cool things. But it's like, sure, you know, Marina is talking about not getting any scripts. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with her? Uh, well, we could psychically rape her. Uh, you, that's that's that, that's the kind of deep storyline. We yeah, let's do it. And then uh, she's complaining again. What? Well, how about we psychically rape her again? But she gets pregnant. And chooses yeah. to keep the psychic rape baby. Oh, that's kind of, oh yeah. Oh, this is storytelling. Season five. Classic. Again, she wants something to do. I, no, I know that's all right. And the fuck, they did it in the movies. They did it in the movies. So like, <laughs> I am so I glad that they gave her something to do that actually befits her station as a psychic counselor. And yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, at this point, the highlight of Deanna Troy to me was getting drunk with uh, Zephram Cochran. Cochran in a bar on Earth, like mm-hmm. 21st century Earth. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I am not <laughs> as I'm not as think as you drunk I am. Yeah, I, it's it's. Uh, but yeah, congratulations, Marina Sirtis. You got a real plot. Uh, it's, yeah, it's taken important 30 p- yeah, 30, 40 years, but the but they got you. They got you. They delivered. And they've been doing just enough in this show with uh, kind of keeping me sidetracked on the Jack thing that I haven't felt like they've been jerking me around or like yes. this is developing too slowly, even though it's eight episodes now since we first met Jack and we still don't know really anything more about what his problem is, what his what his damage is, right? Mm-hmm. But there's been so much other stuff going on that it hasn't really mattered. That's been kind of like tantalizing and juicy, but it's been in the background. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what this actually is. I I assume we're... You think we're going to spend a whole episode behind the red door next time? Or do you think we're going to Frontier Day next episode? Oh boy, a whole episode just Because we spent a lot mind. of time in season two behind Picard's red door, as it were, right? I that's that's the other kind of subtle criticism I had the episode is that and the series is like my god they really love their weird portals they do you know like every season has been evolved around a door opening Mm -hmm. yeah um they like that metaphor I I I can't imagine you can sustain entire episode of just this you know 
the psychic yeah. goings on. I but the thing is, is like it feels like the A plot and the B plot is the Titan desperately escaping the physical enemy that's chasing them. But they dispatch that, uh-huh, and they've got done. a cloaking device. Like there's no real technical reason that they should have anything but a leisurely ride to wherever they need to get to for the frontier day that's the whole mm-hmm. point of the cloak so i i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do we saw two Maybe episodes they, huh? they could do a lot of interesting things with um like the the rest of the crew like you could fill up a b and c plot of just the crew catching up and and you know, uh, trying to solve the 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 external problem of trying to figure out what the frontier. Uh, you know, why Deanna is trying to plumb the depths mm-hmm. of his mind. So, but yeah, I honestly don't know. It Worf could just could be a cold open a f- type of thing. Worf could go kill a few more Ferengi gangsters. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering who the because like I feel like we'll know the ancient voice, the one like behind the red door. Yeah, like. Yeah. The way they mention it seems like somebody that and I would I would say it's the Q someone from the Q continuum, except for we've already done that. So how about uh, Borg Queen? Wait, we've already done that. Uh, <laughs> who else could it be? God, would it be? You remember the skin of evil, the Argus guy? Oh, yeah. Could, what if they what if they retcon him to be a a changeling that's been stuck on this planet for right. hundreds or thousands of years and has gone insane. He's like, he's turned into black goo because had, all he's had is, uh-huh. is severed from the link and he's gone just insane. And he is somehow back and, 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 and fighting. Uh, that would be kind of interesting. Why had I heard that Denise Crosby might be in this season? Cause there's your connection right there. Like they could do, and they are, if they brought him it whatever that thing is uh the goo monster into it then tasha could show back up somehow mm. potentially well, uh, it'd be funny if the denise crosby appearance is just her holograph the uh her oh death yeah i was wondering about trophy. that <laughs> that's weak that would be so weak yeah, i got her a guest star spot though no i i i, sure. I don't even know if that's true yeah that's because mm, that's like the raw obvious romulan angle but they demand the romulans would kind of be coming in coming in late at the plot with a steel chair at this point uh which well, I, that's kind of their no thing. I, it wouldn't have to necessarily be like evil taja it could be the it could be like actual uh, like a physical representation of tasha like it might be a changeling right like maybe somebody's trying to talk smack to data or something one of the changelings and they just transform into Tasha, but older. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, like I said, I, the, the, the thing that I like is the Argus, uh, the theory that I just came up with and I really love it. Um, all right. <laughs> sure. But I'm trying to think it's like, cause I was like, and like all the other disembodied voices, like could it be Nagilum? Could it be? Oh God, <laughs> that would be out of nowhere. Right. Uh, could it be well, I guess Keurig? we'll have to find out. I guess we'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, well, maybe we should get into the recap. Let's do it. Set phasers to add. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members, with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Captain on the Bridge. Welcome back to the podcast maneuver. We start off with Jordy unjacking lore slash data from the ship. Uh, Vedic shuts down the lights, the comms. She closes all the doors while her goons uh, just murder their way through the crew of the Titan. Picard and Beverly struggle to regain control. Uh, Jack goes into GoPro vision and mind controls a guard outside. The guard gets killed. And Jack's like, well, I guess there's no hope. It's the, they've got it too heavily fortified. Is and that what happens? Or is he just like had a vision of what he could do? Because I got confused about whether that was actually happening or whether. I think it was really happening. So he just got a crew member killed to experiment with what he could do. Yeah. Eh, there's I think... a lot of darkness swirling around <laughs> I him. So. so I mean, there's a lot of crew members getting killed. What's one more? That's true. I mean, yeah, if everyone's getting murdered in the in the corridor, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and Vedic addresses the crew again. She's trying to threaten them into handing over Jack. Yeah, she's very creepy, talking about metaphorically robbing the crew of their eyes and their ears and the, the road before them and the way she's kind of, like, conducting the symphony of screams and stuff on the... It's, you know, it's just good uh, unhinged villain stuff. And uh, after last episode, her backstory has kind of earned that mm-hmm. not being eye roll and cringy. I think so. Although she's smoking on the bridge of a starship, which I'm pretty sure has to be a crime of some sort. Like if she <laughs> weren't tried, it, it's like getting Al Capone on tax evasion that she's going to be if she weren't killed this episode, she'd be tried for smoking on the bridge. It's actually slightly higher crime than genociding a planet in the Federation <laughs> regulation. <laughs> right. Smoking on the bridge. That's real shit right there. Yeah. Creating a phage virus that kills off a species. Uh-huh. Eh, we can let it slide. Misdemeanor. You know, tough times. Class D, but 
Class D Federation misdemeanor. Smoking on a bridge, that's that's did get you sit the rural pinthe for fifteen years of hard <laughs> Klingon labor. Uh-huh. Well, let me ask you this. What are the limitations of Jack's ability? Could he mind control one of Vedic's goons? Could he mind control Vedic? Like, that was my question. Did he try to mind control one of those goons? I thought that was like where it, they maybe. were going at the end and it just didn't work. Um Maybe. It's a good question because we've never seen him do that, and now Vedic's dead, so uh, no more experimenting yeah. on poor Vedic. Nope. Uh, we go over to the Shrike where Deanna patches up a bloodied Riker. He talks about the ways he's changed in the Nebula and professes his love for her. Deanna says, uh, <laughs> Deanna says some wild shit here, man. She says a changeling showed up at their house. <laughs> she knew it was a changeling. She fucked the guy anyway. Right. Yeah. Ate his pizza. Mm-hmm. And Riker's just cool with it. Fucking legend, Deanna. <laughs> uh, what the hell, man? I, no, I do think this is her joking. I think she's fucking with him because then she says seriously. I knew, like, like okay. she, she, okay. she saw the changeling right away. But it's pretty, pretty funny that like, uh, what was he like? He's like good in bed, bad at pizza, and Riker's like just like me. <laughs> And I thought uh-huh. that's like, yeah, that's just like he affects. Yeah, I, I, I thought his all of their banter was really funny. Although I, yeah, I mean, one more dose of the, the Riker charm. Yes, absolutely. One more dose of the Riker charm. Love it. Um, can I ask you because she she rolls her eyes at him trying to invoke Mzadi for the billionth time. She's like, I wish I'd never taught you that fucking phrase. I mm-hmm. I should have the doing. Um, and it's, it's very cute. They're doing all, essentially Marion and old man Indy. Uh, on the steam that the tramp freighter, and mm. she says, "I wish I'd taught you this this word yinturu." Now I don't have subtitles because we're watching these all with the screeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he asked her to translate it, and I think she said, "Baby, if it meant signs." <laughs> I rewound this no fewer than twenty five times. Same. Trying to figure out what she says. I listened with my eyes closed. I listened with the <laughs> muted just looking at her lips. I tried to Yarl Linny my way to figure out what the fuck it is and I couldn't. I got it. I finally got it. It took me a, f- it, a okay, full so hour. It took I me said... longer to watch this scene than the rest of the episode combined <laughs> but I got it. God she bless says, you, Jim Jones. I, I heard his baby <laughs> if it meant signs. You're so and close. She actually said baby of immense size. Oh, right. Uh, the, uh, big baby. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a big old baby. Uh, baby if it meant signs. Okay. <laughs> All right. Baby Yintaru. if it meant signs. Ian Taro. Uh, th- this. I was looking around because I'm like, okay, what are the Betazoid words that I know? I was trying to figure out, do we know this word from the past? Because I couldn't understand it, and I was like doing everything I could to maybe the internet That's what knows I, I what went this to memory word means. alpha and was trying to do like a bunch of different spellings to see if this was like deep uh-huh. lore. Yeah, uh-huh. I found out that we only really ever hear one word in the entirety of Star Trek of the Betazoid language, which is, is Imzadi. Oh, shit. And this is like the second word ever, which when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because they they communicate telepathically. So I don't right. imagine they speak a lot. But like, it's wild that we've had 50 years of Star Trek and we only know one Betazoid word. They didn't like, when Mr. Hom was like gonging the bells and stuff, there wasn't a Betazoid word for... 
Apparently not. I mean, there's like the chalice of reeks or whatever. There's right. like proper nouns, a, but there yeah, isn't yeah, really yeah, like just a word. That's like saying Waxana is a is a proper right, right. like a beta Z. That's just a name. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That blew my mind. Well, now we got uh, another thing. If uh, all you Star Trek nerds are calling each other Imzadi, you now got something to have affection and annoyance with each other. Yeah, Yenteru. Um, let's move over to oh, and the other half of the scene or the end of the scene is like Deanna questioning whether they did the right thing, giving up the compromise code. So we find out that like they gave that up. They didn't like escape and send it. Uh, well, they also they also set up the fact that Worf's going to rescue them because Deanna can sense that most of the the enemy force have left the ship. It's just a skeleton guard. Uh, yeah. So they they got they got a hope here, and they'll they'll be able to wander around and find Picard's remains and all that stuff. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, and they, Riker they, thinks there's... Picard can handle Vedic. Yeah, there's this like if any if 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 we have any luck, uh, he's already set a classic Picard trap, and then it just cuts yeah. to. Cuts to the Titan completely under Vedic's control. <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, over on the Titan, Shaw tells Seven that her actions, or really the, her inaction of not blowing up the turbo lift, uh, have consequences. Uh, Vedic decides to try to coax Jack out of hiding by saying she's going to execute a bridge crew member every 10 minutes starting now. Do you think? Because I continue to really like Shaw. He's such a cool captain concept. That's like by the, but he's like, but he's still kind of courageous and cool. You know, he's 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 the anti Kirk and Picard, but he's not like Craven. Um, yeah, yeah, no, he, he I, he's very level headed. I I actually do like him quite a bit, and I think in most circumstances he's a hundred percent right. I think it would be really cool if they. If they start, if he's the captain of Star Trek Legacy, all of the bridge crew of the next generation have been effectively court-martialed, uh, except for Picard, who retires. Okay. So, like, at, like they're just, li- they just literally run back TNG, except for Shaw's the new captain, which I think would be a hilarious dynamic. All right. On the Titan, or... On the Titan. On an inter- okay. Well, if they want to, if they want to hit us with the Enterprise F, I wouldn't say no mm-hmm. to that. I haven't seen it yet, but I think the Titan's a cool ship. I actually really like the oh, Titan. Oh yeah, no, I like the Titan a lot. All right, next up, we've got Beverly and Picard telling Jack not to fall for Vedic's trap. Uh, Jack insists he's not a changeling, but he is different, and then he tells him that he can jump into people's heads and mind control them. And Sydney confirms the truth of that. Picard says. They can use an over his overwrite codex to take back control of the ship, and Jack suggests that they use his ability to get onto the bridge remotely to do that. Uh, I love this plan. Yeah, it's a uh, old classic Star Trek. They do a lot of things with command codes. Yes, it's very. I mean, that, that makes sense, on. right? You want mm-hmm. you want these protocols in place. There's there's probably like. 200 years of history that tells them these are smart things to do <laughs> yeah i mean well well more than 200 right probably a thousand it goes back to age of sale where they all had code books right. that they would you know where you when you would meet on the high sea you would exchange private signals with like flags and gunfire and they'd update those every few um but it's like yeah like and it, it just adds a lot of intrigue because it's something that everyone trusts implicitly even though mm-hmm. it's always a possibility they can be stolen and that's a huge exploit like it's it's just literally age of sale shit in space and i love it mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, and then Jack executes this plan. He jumps into one of the crew on the bridge, puts the codex in. Unfortunately, Vedic realizes what's happening and stops him before he can hit the last button that says override. And Vedic executes one of the bridge crew. Why can't just, he just hit the button? I know. Th- this always drives me like his, insane. His middle finger is one inch from the Lycar's panel. All yeah. he has to do is flex his his middle finger, and then he can flip her off with it, too. But no, <laughs> right. he's just busted, so he has to stop. Yeah, I hate this so much. This this is like every hacker show you'll ever see when like the police right. bust in and stop them. They can never, as they're going to drag away, hit enter. You just have to hit space to continue. I can't. It's the biggest right, right. key on the fucking keyboard. I just can't quite uh... <laughs> press any key to continue. I can't. Yeah, I think st- Starfleet officers should go through toddler training because any toddler in the world can tell you that when you get caught, you just do what you're doing three times faster. Uh huh. So you can get you, you can get every you can get, you know like your mom tells you to stop banging the pot and you keep banging the pot. She comes over there, grab the pot and pay. just bang him harder. Just just get get. You're in get, trouble start- anyway. Yeah, fucking drum that shit, little man. Don't <laughs> right. go out swinging. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate they can't do that. They Especially cannot. because Jack's mind controlling, and it's not like it's not like he's got anything to risk here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, middle fingers are tricky when you're mind controlling. It's the it's the t- it's the toughest oh, yeah. toughest digit in the human body to wiggle. <laughs> Turns toughest, out, huh? Well, you, yeah, I mean, you don't think so because you've been doing it for 40 years at this point, Jim. But like, yeah, if you go back, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it was it was a tough one. It was a tough one to learn. Maybe this guy has middle finger problems. Maybe he's got a, a vestical middle finger. Maybe he's an alien that. Plus, he's not even human. Can't right. bend his he, middle finger. He's a Bajoran, right? He's got um, the, maybe I didn't see the nose. He's got the, I thought ridges. he had the earring and the the nose ridges. He's definitely got the. Well, the he earring. had he had an earring, but I couldn't tell because he might have been a comms officer. That might have been like oh right a comms thing. I'm not sure. I thought he had. It might just be the the association with the earring that that did it for me. But I, I thought he had nose bridges too. Nose you might ridges. be right. I wasn't. I was looking at his middle finger, not his nose. But ridge, I could be ridges. wrong. He could be human. But if he's alien, that's even better. Like yeah, like that's got to be tricky business taking over a alien psycho uh, physiology yeah i mean that's why i was asking questions about whether jack can take over a changeling because that seems crazy you did you all yeah taking over alien like forget their middle fingers like you're just overwhelmed like what's what are they got mm-hmm. going on in their pants like that would give you a couple seconds of just like what the hell am i feeling here definitely like, yeah, jack just... it would right like jack would be the type <laughs> that was a little too busy exploring the nether regions I mean, you just get like everything. Like, how? Like, do you understand how much rumbling goes on in our body, and we just kind of are used to it? Like, our gut is gurgling and our heart is thumping, and like, you get in an alien body, and like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? You don't know. It's true. It's true. It's, it's <laughs> like he just inner pisses, shits, pops a boner. boner. Uh, he does like God. all the biological functions just fire off. He drools, in sequence, he sneezes, this, he coughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has convulsions, uh-huh. uh, just just the eyes roll back in their head. He's just a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah, and then he turns into goo because how's he gonna know how to keep the form, right? <laughs> he does all that and then just goo. Oh no! Well, I mean, he's not. What are you, are you saying? This guy is a secret changeling on top of everything else. Oh no, no! I'm saying if, one he of my, to, if he were to try, one and of my conscious functions is the... not keeping my body corporeal. I'm sorry, it just kind of uh, does right. that. In fact, if I died, it would stay that way for a long time. I, I think that's a that's a reflex. That's an automatic thing you get. 
That is true. But if you were to work into a changeling, you wouldn't know how to do that. Oh, yeah. You would instantly turn to goo. Yeah, you'd goo yeah. it up. After shitting yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to Deanna and Riker talking about the reactions to the death of their child. Coming to some terms here. Uh, Riker was devastated. Deanna tried to take away his pain with her powers and ended up feeling everyone's pain. Uh, and they make up and confess that neither of them actually like the home they're living in. And then Worf shows up and frees them. It's such, it's such a... I, I always love them getting together. They're so... Like, they have real issues to talk about, but then they're so sweet and so fun when they finally get all that that dirty laundry out there. It's just... It's such a beautiful relationship. I love it. And there's some dark stuff. Like, Deanna's probably calling oh, yeah. outside the lines. But for understandably, like, if you were an empath and you could, you know, your husband's dealing with this, uh, all, uh, all this pain from the loss and... Mm-hmm. You're having to deal with it anyway because you can feel it. Like it seems kind of selfless to want to carry their burdens. There's also a little commentary about probably emotional labor there too. Um, yeah, and and her her heart and her head are torn, right? Because as a counselor, she knows that you, like she says, you can't skip to the end of grieving. Um, but she sees the pain. She feels the pain. It's not even that she sees the pain that Riker's in. Yeah. She feels it. Yeah. And yeah, so her heart is way. telling her, I can take this away from him. I can make him not feel it. It's not the right thing to do, but it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I like also like them realizing that they are both staying at this planet that they canonically moved to because they're, it had some kind of healing properties they thought would be good for their son, Thad, and he's gone mm-hmm. and... They're like torturing themselves with the the shitty double woodpecker, and the bad pizza, and the poisonous rabbits. And Troy's kind of like a cosmopolitan person that likes people and being around cities. And they're living on this agrarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, them going in on the judgy foyer, and and then Wharf busting awesome. in. And I had all but forgotten the fact that they, in the, the late season desperation of TNG, they decided, you know what? Let's fucking ship Worf and Deanna. And oh, I, right. you know, you know me, I love shipping. And I'd always thought this was a interesting ship. Mm-hmm. Like that is such, uh, and they did wild stuff. Like, uh, when the crew devolved and Worf turned into a Klingon beast and he was thought that Deanna was his mate and he was trying to like, bust into the <laughs> to the to the sick bay to eat slash fucker um I, I like that he comes and it's like you can tell that like Deanna probably dated him and he caught massive feelings and she was kind of like fucking around and he is such a Klingon and he, she couldn't take it and now he's back and the first thing he says like Deanna all I've done is think of you I've worked on my my um, uh, uh, what was he saying like uh my sensitivity and my my, uh-huh. my o- emotional openness and like he has been tra- he has been doing nothing but drinking chamomile tea and reading Oprah Winfrey books so he can try to get back with Deanna even though she's married to right and he's doing all this I in guess. front of Riker. Oh yeah, and then his line about is this a rescue mission or a continuation of the torture? And Deanna's <laughs> so face good. like I. I, it, it bothers me a little bit that the only thing they figured out to do with Worf is make him into a joke, but it's a really it? entertaining I mean, he's, joke. He's still a badass, too. Like, he's maybe well, more badass yeah. now than he's ever been. Yeah. Uh, he looks cool. He's badass. So that, but, but he's also the butt of all the jokes. Um, but that's fine, I guess. Yeah. Like, as, as long as they're this funny, I, I thought it was a hoot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a hoot. 
Is let me ask you this. I know Riker is portrayed as like the the ladies' man and having a very active and interesting love life. Uh does Worf secretly have the most interesting love life in all of Star Trek? Because he not only Jack Zia, That's what I'm saying. Deanna. Right? A trill? I, not many people are probably getting with a joined trill. Who was his fiance? There aren't that many Kalor? of them. Kal- uh, Bella? What? Well, yeah, I, don't I forget yeah. her name. Yeah, man. dude, he's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, he's got their getting with his all way the through a lot of women, man. And 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 like very very interesting ones. Let's say like Deanna Troy mm-hmm. being the empath. I bet that's interesting uh, during the lovemaking. Getting with a, a seven lifetime being a symbiote is is pretty interesting. I'm yeah, I'm thinking Worf has got secretly the best love life in all of Star Trek. Although Riker, Riker's gotten around too. Riker's like banging Riza women left and right, and that's got to be fun like, for a while. But pan, holodeck can pansexual like he's canonically into trans people he's canonically into warrior women uh that True. that uh, True. Are, are sexist or misandrist like he he uh, he likes that he likes pushing the 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 limits of his human sexuality kinky alien sex with uh uh-huh. Fraser's wife well call me when he gets with the joint trill and we can talk but that's true that's true worf's worf's carrying that flag for me yeah uh all right Jack tries to convince Beverly and John Luke that they should give or that he should give himself up. Uh, Sydney says he can't. Um, there was something about 90 trillion operations per second. It, is 90 trillion a lot? I, I'm trying to think of like modern graphics cards and how many transistors they have. It's certainly not 90 assume, trillion, but hundreds of years into the future. Yeah, I assume they, there was this something in the uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation technical manual when they're going in on the Enterprise's computer core, and they realize like, Jesus Christ, how much storage capacity and calculation should we put in this? Because it's got four hundred mm-hmm. years of development. We got Moore's law. Like, what's a number that's too big? I assume that they did that again, where it's like, I I, I, I kind of want to crack my technical manual and see what they what they had versus mm-hmm. what they're talking now, because this is supposed to be an improved positronic brain that's supposed to be even better. And, and I think Data's, yeah. wasn't Data's positronic brain already canonically more powerful than the Enterprise computer? Oh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So I just, yeah, I, I like, this is all Trek no babble. I just heard like a, a, mm-hmm. in, an absurdly powerful computer by Star Trek standards. Yeah, um, but it would take, you know, her a year to crack this thing. It'd take her dad a month. They don't have that kind of time. Yeah, but Data, if we can get his, like, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. what they're wanting you to think. Like, oh, my God, we need Data's brain. Hell, yeah. Uh, so JL's crew goes to Jordy and tells him that they have to connect Jordy, uh, Data back up to the ship. Picard wants Data to purge lore, but his ethical routines apparently won't allow it. Because it's a life form and he can't kill it. Jordy decides to remove the partition anyway and just see how it goes. So they remove the partition in his mind and Data and Lore start battling it out in their shared brain. That's literally what it is. Is like, see, because like they, I, yeah. I guess they don't have any other option. They're like out right. of like she has got the ship by the nacelles. She is killing systematically all the crew. 
they can either give up or you know take down the partition here. But uh, I yeah. I like with the Dominion uh, the changelings how like every time they they see each other they have to do this elaborate. Uh, mm-hmm. They do this in Harry Potter too, where it's like every you know because like you can magic yourself to be anybody, and they're always pointing wands and like serious. The first time you transformed into a werewolf, what body part did you lick of mine? And he's like, oh, uh, Alfredo, my old friend, you know well that every time I transform into a werewolf, I lick every part of your body. And it's, ah, and they do that, the same thing. Um, Here, (laughs) there's a character named Alfredo in... No, I I, okay. I choked. I choked. <laughs> okay. I couldn't. I, I I fucking. I'm I'm I'm. This is like my third good, sci-fi good, good. podcast. I've got Mando and mm. Salacious Crumb and Deanna Troy's <laughs> Sex Life whirling through my head. Harry Potter got squeezed out. Also, uh, Salacious Crumb is the nickname of Deanna Troy's love life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she calls Riker's beard. Uh, so they. Oh shit. Uh, but the, yeah, they have to so, t- elaborate test. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What did you get for me for my birthday party?" And like, I feel like that's the easiest thing in the world because they have established that Picard just gives away Chateau Picard bottles for every mm-hmm. occasion. That's yeah, his go-to yeah. gift. And this is now, I think, the third different Star Trek character who's talked shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> Are they actually hinting that Chateau, Chateau Picard you, is like two buck Chuck in the 24th century? Well, two buck Chuck is actually good. The problem here is it's the price of two buck Chuck, but not the quality. It's probably apparently. five buck Chuck now, but but still, yeah, I mean, it's extraordinarily dry. Apparently, uh, yeah. Unless unless we're to believe that Jordy just does legit have shit taste in wine. But does uh, everyone? Because ever like like there's been multiple right. people that have been like, yeah, I got your bottle. No, I didn't. Like it's it's like maybe maybe Picard is the last true wine connoisseur on the planet, or or maybe they make shit wine. Here's here's what I like to think. I like to think Picard is amazing at making wine. The problem is he's very bad at corking his bottles, and he oh. always tries to give away the old vintage because he thinks, well, this is special. This is going to be good. Vinegar. And yeah, it's just turned to vinegar in the bottle. So every time people are just like, God, he makes terrible wine. Uh, All right. Worf shows Riker and Deanna John Luke's body and Rafi explains the changelings wanted the portion of Picard's brain infected with Irmati syndrome. Still don't know why. Uh, Riker realizes that the Titan has been taken over and alarm goes off on the strike. They decide to beat cheeks. Get out of there, man. I like Deanne and Rafi's introduction. You know, like, this is very... They're, like, the only people that don't know each other, and they're, like, Rafi, Troy, and it just, uh, yeah, like, crazy days, huh? Like, it's this very Starfleet professional, you know? I liked it. Sure. Like, old hands. Old hands at this. Yeah. uh, I don't think by the end of the episode we get any more clue as to what they want from John Luke's Aramati body, right? Also, I, why did the holographic representation of Picard's corpse look like it was missing its limbs and they've got his entire body in this tube? I don't know. And he looks pretty jacked, too. Like, I couldn't he, help oh, but think dude. this is not a 95-year-old Patrick Stewart. No, they went they went back and, and got his, like, first contact body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh do they try maybe there's a changeling in there with him 
and the parts of his body that were missing, the changeling has recreated. Hashtag Team Left Nut. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't know, dude. They don't give us any more information about why they want the Iramati part of his. Yeah, body. just the Jumanji parts. I don't. I don't understand either. It's weird. Back I assume more the episodes. red door will open and we'll know everything. But yeah, we'll get some answers. We'll get some answers when Deanna kicks down that red door. Yeah. All right, Jack goes to the bridge holding a thermal detonator. I've got the exact same. In my notes, it's like <laughs> a, a, suddenly a space-time continuing rift opens uh-huh. up and a golden protocol droid stumbles onto the bridge and says, oh, me, oh, my, he's holding a, <laughs> a thermal detonator. That's exactly what he's doing. It's exactly. not exactly what he's doing, but it's exactly what it, he's doing. It looks like that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, and it's played exactly like that, that too. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a little bothered by the director's apparent insistence that Jack cr- crouches and acts more squirrely. He's holding mm. this thermal detonator like he's got a rapier that he's looking for a a, a, ch- a, a hole in her defense. Mm-hmm. And like you contrast that with like how Princess Leia rolled in Return of the Jedi where she just like, here's the fucking bomb. What are you going to do about it? Just standing there like a Chad <laughs> right? Uh, or a Stacy, I guess. And he, oh, yeah, like he's just like Chad equivalent. Yeah. Like, was this the one the director from like the first season of Star Trek Next Generation had the Ferengi doing all that, you know, crouching monkey bullshit? Oh, right, he's, he's doing right. he's in the full. Mm hmm. Like, this isn't an action scene. This is a tense standoff. You don't have to like jumper with the thermal detonator dude anyway yeah no uh he's got he's got to make it look good though right he's because if he if he has to set off this shield prematurely it's yeah, not gonna it work their whole plan up. is gone yeah. so he's got to make it look intimidating yeah i don't the I, red see, light is part I think, of that i think him prancing around is the opposite of intimidating him standing there okay. feet planted just like i got yeah and i'm, I'm not afraid to use it like, yeah he should have sat am. in the captain's chair kicked his feet up onto a console yeah been like yeah. what now huh cried havoc and let slip the detonators of war <laughs> okay uh jordy monitors lord's progress devouring data the data is involuntarily handing over his memories to lore so he can make them his and did we get you, our Tasha cameo. Did you see? And this is the this is the part where I'm not sure when Data decided to start using the strategy, but this scene for sure when he mm-hmm. just started offering Lore his memories. Yeah. Did you Did you see where this was going? Uh, no, not exactly. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it was I, a bit I, of a surprise. I, I liked it. It was at this point where he started freely offering and like Lore just greedily taking them and without any questioning. I'm like, oh. They're doing the thing. It's like, well, if you have two containers and once one of them is poured, like you, you mm-hmm. pour one container to the other, it's like, well, you know, have, did if you, you really pour the win? red into the blue? Well, now they're both red and they're both blue. You're going to be, you purple, don't lose the right? red. Yeah. So I thought it did. And it's very, I mean, this is kind of uh, their deal that lore underestimates data. And I also thought it was interesting that, like, this is an inversion of the relationship because Lore always was the one with more experience, uh, not just in terms of, like, programming, but life experience. You know, he got to live a whole yeah. lifetime and Data was kind of like the young, kind of wet behind the ears. Now that's flipped. Like, Lore's been disassembled and turned off for, like, the last 40-whatever years and Data's been out living the life and doing adventures and having mm-hmm. relationships and, you know, all, all this stuff. Unraveling the secrets is, of the universe, yeah. 
he he act and but but lore still thinks he's the big brother and yeah. uh he gets little broad he does yeah it was good I, I i did eventually realize what was happening before the big reveal but it wasn't this scene yeah. Uh, it was when he starts like really explaining like oh and this cat means this to me and yeah, this you deck don't get, of cards yeah, if you, means if you this, don't pick it up by yeah. if you don't pick it up by the cat you know uh-huh. like if you if <laughs> you think late. the lore can ingest a cat memory and be unchanged and <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know what you I don't know what to tell you yeah uh, Jack threatens to set off an explosive on the bridge Vedic allows the bridge crew to be moved to safety but Seven stays behind to suffer the consequences of her actions i guess uh vedic talks all about jack's isolation and mentions the red door that he's seen in his visions how does she know about that how does she know that like all of his life he's been uh, uh, like uh, isolated now all these voices it sounds like she's describing joining the great link hashtag team left nut he's half changeling i'm telling you yeah he might even not be Half changeling, he might be all changeling. I don't know. Uh, Beverly should Hashtag probably left remember and right nut. giving birth to a changeling child. Yeah, left and right. Uh, <laughs> left nut, right ovary. Team left nut, right ovary. They also <laughs> second commando infiltrated Beverly's uterus, and uh-huh, they uh-huh. just set up a hundred percent changeling shop. Is is it possible he's one of the? They controlled the means of reproduction. He's he's a one of the test tubes that was also in that lab that he like oh. what's behind the red door is the memory of the torture. I don't yeah. know how that works with Beverly having a child, <laughs> but like I always thought the left commando was was one of those test tubes. Yeah. 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 It feels like that's where they're this, going. I also had this elaborate knows. plan. How else could she all... know? You no, know, he has to have some changing DNA. They, she, he yeah. has to, and I think there. The, do you agree with my take that she's describing, like being awakened to the Great Link? Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I could see it. I can't remember. Like Odo describes that too, because he never was a mar- member of the Great Link until he gets a chance right. to experience it, and then yeah, like, I just watched I, that episode recently. Okay, so like I was actually hoping you would. Was there any commonality between the way they described it? I was wondering if Amanda Plummer was actually cribbing notes from that episode to really lay the hint on thick or mm, I don't remember like specifically if there was, but yeah, I mean the, just the feeling of, of connection and like th- there is a, I, I don't know. It's hard to remember exactly how Odo, ex- Odo explains it. Cause it's intentionally not like we would think of a connection it's with an alien right? experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, but also I, seemed- I think that's a good guess. It, it did, but the thing is, is like uh, Odo described as like you know, like the comfort, like you know, belonging to something oh, he yeah. never even knew, and like how blissful it was. Coming this home seem to is Jack's is how he describes it, but like, oh, is is it perhaps part of the things they did to fuck with uh, Vedic's biology is that they could no longer join the link? Oh, maybe and that like Jack is some kind of and that isolation, uh huh. And like he's the way to like have the improved biology, but also be able to join the the, the link. But there's something malignant Could to be. it that I, I that's the thing I can't figure quite figure out. Yeah, is it is it malignant from his point of view only, or is it malignant from would Vedic consider it malignant? Because when she talks about it, she couches like all of this in the terms of like isolation and disconnection. But that's yeah. the experience he's having now. 
if he were to open that red door, maybe maybe he he would stop feeling that isolation right maybe he could rejoin the link all that if if odo experiences the link opening as like these malicious whispers Odo, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. screams in the background and phaser firing and it's like i don't know and one of those round airlock doors from the station that's opening right right rolling out of the way (laughs) a red a red yeah i i do yeah i but also it could be his partially human interface fucking you know like like misinterpreting it because yeah yeah you know like if i was jammed in some kind of great collective with every human and on this planet i think it would be a frightening experience for sure not being prepared for it that's the thing yeah that's the thing that always like it it kind of surprised me when deanna was like oh i really miss the city and all those people i'm like that has to be a hard experience for an empath Uh, a hard life just being around millions upon millions of people constantly unless you have ways to to get away from it all did you ever read the uh, last three expanse books i haven't yet Mm. all right because they have some interesting great link type stuff going on there too oh okay but never mind (laughs) shields up here comes the ads Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked. And they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. At ease, Ensigns. Welcome back to the Podcast Maneuver. All right, let's uh, move on, I guess, to data giving Lore all of his memories while explaining the meaning of each one. When Lore has taken the final memory, Data disappears. They think he's gone forever. He's dead. But then he returns and says, my memories have made us one. Uh, Data wakes up. He takes back the Titan. Rafi fights some of Vedic's goons. Um, maybe maybe we should stop here and talk about the Data and Lore stuff. And then yeah, we can get to like, the, the final climax. I love this stuff. I... You know, Brent Spiner is data. He is lore and mm-hmm. he's doing all the great things here. And I got uh, I got extremely emotional when they pulled out spot. Because like I kept on like, yeah, the because um, at first uh, when they pulled out to Sherlock stuff, I'm like, oh, well, data is just going to realize he's stronger than lore and he's going to just beat him like lore is so he he thinks he's this and that and he's just but then as the things well, went thought... on i'm like oh he's filling him with his memories and then but mm-hmm. I, I that's the things that kept on surprising me it's like okay they brought out yarl i'm like well that makes sense and then the deck of cards and him explaining like all the games he had and the friendships right. and you know they're all good things of it at all but then when he grabs mm-hmm. spot i just i i thought I, like i said that's um i talked about how like spots the creature that taught him how to love and mm-hmm. of course he gives that the, the lore and lord like a dumb fuck eats it 
uh <laughs> it's i i it's great it's it's goofy as hell because like how the hell is right. this display that shows all the red and you know all the blue dots in uh-huh. data's head that are data are being taken over by the red dots and there's winking and there's this one last flickering light in that spot and Jordy's crying and Picard's crying and of course <laughs> you know it's it's I mean this is all this is all cribbed from like Neo versus Agent Smith sure um uh, they did some of this in season one Doom Patrol but it's it it worked and I thought it's clever and plus I just want to see Data kick Lore's ass in a uniquely yeah. Data way in a very gentle non-violent mm-hmm. mur- I love that they said goodbye brother which is another one of their shticks um and mm-hmm. now he's unified yeah we are me um i somewhere along the path i was i was trying to figure this out and i'm like okay what is the end goal here uh and i thought for a second maybe data pulling out all these memories was gonna say and you brother are a memory of mine and lore was going to destroy that memory to destroy the last of data and he would end up destroying himself because data, they made a point of like data can't destroy lore, but lore could destroy lore. Um, didn't turn out to be that. I think it turned out to be something better than that. Actually, a synthesis of the two. Yeah. Uh, although I will say, the synthesis of the two acts remarkably like data. I, I think if any personality is manifesting more, it's data. Oh yeah, I think he's definitely, and I think that's. He should be. He should be the stronger dominant personality. But I definitely think that I think uh, you're going to yeah. see a facility with humanity that he gets from lore and lore's experience with the emotion chip and sure um, some of the uh, like I it, I thought it was interesting when lore realized he'd been gone and he was or that he had been had by data he and he acted fearful there was a little bit of B four that came forward too like this like oh, childlike huh. like almost whimper yeah. that he gave. I thought was interesting. I guess like I said Brent Brent Spiner is just really good at this, but I I definitely see. Well, okay, because the other thing is, are we sure that the evil that Deanna is sensing is Jack around Jack Crusher, and there's not a little bit around Data? I was wondering that. I don't know that she can sense positronic feelings. Well, but now he's got human feelings and a positronic uh, human brain yeah. that's indistinguishable from like yeah. He's he's one of those positronic golems. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe. Because it's like there's one thing. There's like there's one point where Deanna says, you know, she buckles and she says, I sense a vast all consuming darkness on the ship. And then the next scene, it's data. It's yeah. data's face. And in the language of cinema, oftentimes that means they're linking the two subjects. Mm hmm. And I could see like dark lore, like, you know, lore has got, you know, he's letting data. He's he's double, triple bamboozling him. But I don't know. I don't know how I don't know if I like that because I, I like I like the clever way that data beats lore and in, by integrating him. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't do away with lore. He kind of forces lore to become part of him. Uh, you talked about like this Raffi. I don't know. She she learned Klingon kung fu, so she gets to show it off. Um, I, yeah, let's talk about this whole fight. So Rafi's fighting okay. some Vedic goons in the halls. Uh, turns out Jack's thermal detonator was actually a shield generator, which he deploys, and Picard vents everyone on the bridge into space except for uh, Sydney and Jack. Uh, Seven and Jack, sorry. Um, and then Vedic freezes solid, smashes into the ship. Uh, it's blown up. 
all of this. Um, it's also medium clever. I like how Vedic says as she realizes that she's fucked. Mm-hmm. She goes fucking solids, and then she gets <laughs> blown it. out to space and freezes solid, solid, and then yes. shatter. Yeah, it's it's like that's yeah. like I said, that's medium clever. I like that. That's great. Uh, I think the explosion there looks fantastic. It's got all that shrapnel twinkling in the starlight, uh, almost yeah. becoming stars, right? It's it's so fucking cool, just the imagery. Um, let's talk a little bit about the bladed weapons versus the changelings. They're not changelings, right? They can't be because bladed weapons would do nothing right. against a changeling. Right. They're they're uh, they're mechanically separated meat or something. Yeah. They. Well, yeah, Vedic goons specifically. They must be solids. They must be. I don't think they're changelings of any kind. Well, yeah, there's more solid. Well, they're more solid than your average changeling. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I do, I do not know. I, I kind of had a little bit of problem. But like, it's also we're not 100 percent sure that these are all changelings, right? They could just be. So I'm sympathetic, saying, yeah. or this these could be uh, followers of the ancient evil, or mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I really, I don't, I don't understand where they're going with this. There's, you know, I, I was just running through. It's like, could they just be V'ger? Could I was trying to think of like all the disembodied evil threats that could be considered ancient and and whatnot. <laughs> like Data, just... attention, Titan. This is your friendly positronic pissed, pissed off yeah. security system. Yeah, disembodied do you, do you, threats. What do, you, what do you think about Data issuing threats with profanity? <laughs> He's part lore now, right? That seems right to me. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, he's I do using think contractions, always... right? He's he's telling jokes. He's yeah. It always feels a little clumsy when they have dated, say, the bad words, you know. It's like, you know, when he's mm-hmm. uh pointedly saying to hell with orders or something and like looks like he's getting and, and you know, when the Enterprise D's going in on the one it, Malcolm it was planet there he's like oh shit and it's just like it's like haha see the the android that can't they can't use contractions is saying naughty words it, it always feels a little bit like a child testing out cursing around their parents for the first yes. time right yes like there's this sheepishness with which he says it and then he sort of looks around like is anybody gonna mention that's that's my yeah. first that's my first hell guys you gonna say I anything pissed, about it? I use pissed in context. I have never pissed actually, but I'm using it. I'm using it in context. He's becoming more human by the by the day. Mm. Uh, get off my bridge is a good line from Seven yeah. here. Love yeah. it. Channeling I, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I want to say I've heard that in Star Trek before, but it's definitely the Air Force One thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you make of the evacuation hatch on the bridge? Just opening up that view screen. It makes a lot of sense. If you yeah. need to like, um, like there's probably several points in the hull where just the, it's designed to blow out to, to, to help the crew get out or something. Especially yeah, the bridge, I, right? You gotta have yeah. an evacuation hatch. Like I'm thinking yeah. when the enterprise, uh, E D D detached, like separates in. crashes on uh-huh. the planet and generations. Uh huh. Uh, emergency hatch is super useful there. You gotta have it. Mm-hmm. I, I always think of like Star Trek's as fully contained things, like they wouldn't have hatches and doors and stuff other than airlocks, because they just beam into them. But when the when the transporter stop working, you gotta have some way off. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like that. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's kind of like you know bathrooms. Like I, you know, they never show bad the bathrooms in Star Trek, but they have right. them. Right. They you know, have one to. days if if they if they if they want to show, I don't know, Troy running to the bathroom to throw up or something, and they it's like, oh my god, it's a toilet in Star Trek. It's like it, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, emergency hatches makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but it's just like a the toilets in Star Trek are probably just designated transporter buckets, right? <laughs> yeah, just beam that yeah. shit into space. Literally, just, literally just beam the shit into wide space. dispersal pattern. Right, right. <laughs> you don't have to wide disperse it. You can just let it float out there as a nah, log. They, just... Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? You, you want it's You want space shit just floating around? I, I Tell just, me O'Brien, chief, chief uh, transporter officer, is not going to like mess around with him. Is that going to be the new transwarp? Uh, remember that plot in the old, the the later days of TNG, where their transwarp devices were tearing apart the fabric of space and time. They had like it's essentially Star Trek dealing with pollution, right? Was I making all those bubbles? Is that what was happening? It was something. It's just something like there's okay. something to strain, and I, I think they dropped that going forward. But it'd be funny if like Federation scientists are studying the vacuum of space, and they found in the last two hundred years it's slightly less vacuumy than it was before, and they realize it's because we keep wide dispersing <laughs> our shit. Background this, radiation has turned into background. Point oh 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 one percent of all the matter in the alpha quadrant <laughs> is is wide dispersed shit. That's entropy, baby. It's it's That's inevitable. True. Anyway, yeah, like I said, Shaw takes command of the ship again. He has a blow up the strike. Explosion looks great, and then Deanna feels what I can only describe as great disturbance in the force. Uh, mm. She describes it as an all-consuming darkness on the ship. Um, that is, I, I, you, you love seeing a good climactic starship battle where, like, you know, we've been f- fucking struggling with this Shrike mm-hmm. since episode one, certainly episode two, and just like some about the the Titan wheeling around and just pumping about five photon torpedoes, just like you know, like give her like all the she's got. It, yeah, it's it's really satisfying. Like the idea, yeah, Star Trek's so genteel, but at the end of the day, you're trying to shoot projectiles at a ship full of people and kill them with the vacuum of space. Just like mm-hmm. you know, s- sending these guys down to Davy Jones' locker. It just it's so cool. Like just this thump thump, and they are all hitting, and it explodes. Something very primally satisfying about the ship combat in these uh, sci-fi series. Yeah, and then the crew welcomes. Data slash lore slash whatever back. His neck cracks. Uh, he That's uses so a contraction. Mm-hmm. Tells a joke. Uh, and he and Jordy profess their love for each other, which I found super sweet, super nostalgic. It hit all the right buttons for me. They, 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 they should have <laughs> hugged. Should have they hugged? should have hugged, right? Yeah. They should have hugged. He's got that, Jordy, r- that subroutine now. He can hug. He, he's can he's hug. familiar in all the ways you can love a human, apparently. True. You know, he's got encyclopedic knowledge of it. And you, you can't look up the entry for like, you haven't seen your friend for years and years and you thought they were dead. And Jordy, what the fuck is your excuse? Mm-hmm. Like, I get you mm-hmm. used to be awkward, dude, but hug your friend, okay? You've got daughters now. My God. You know how to yes. hug, man. Yes. Maybe he hug, doesn't. Hug your friend. Can you imagine the back rub the data can give with his <laughs> with his encyclopedic knowledge of human anatomy and true, those true. those incredibly strong hands? Truckosaurus claws he's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, duranium grip. Yeah, it's uh 
it's pretty it's it'd be impressive um mm -hmm. i i just love him doing the data like jerk you know jerking his head to the side like he does and it cracks his neck because he's now in a old human body it's uh -huh. and uh you know talking about like how he's kind of transcended humanity like he's died lived to tell about it and they also they, they do this in a later scene but like you know canonically data wanted to die it was his mm -hmm. wish that Picard honored in season one. And they, I like it. They remembered like, Oh fuck, we've, we've unwittedly violated his do not resuscitate order. And data's like, nah, it's cool. It's cool. Cause like I was, I was tired of being an immortal robot, but I'm an mm -hmm. old man. And I guy, yeah, this is all kind of new and cool. And I, I, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I'm glad and that this they is a different entity, right? This is not data. True. True. And I, I like that uh, he they, they 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 remembered that and kind of had an answer for it that I I thought was satisfying. Sure. Uh, yeah. So the new and improved data is reintroduced to his old friends. They all say how much they missed each other. Deanna warns him that Jack is the nexus of darkness and volunteers to go speak with him. Uh, and then Picard rips out Data's spinal column and shouts, "There can be only one positronic soon golem." <laughs> no. <laughs> Because now uh, Data and and Picard are they're the same life form, they're the same they really type. Are. No, of they're entity. they're hundred percent, hundred percent. It's so weird when I think about that. How they, Data has come halfway to humanity, Picard's gone halfway to Positronic robot, and they met in the middle. And every time we see Positronic beings meet each other in the canon, they they instinctively wanted to take oh, each yeah. other down, like Data and Lore. Like right? They're locked in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's the Highlander protocol to soon put. That'd be funny if that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, speaking of sending heads, Lieutenant Wolf, uh, I, it, I also thought it was funny when like, so Deanna gets in there and she immediately starts talking shit about Beverly and Picard and, and Jean-Luc's son. Like, oh, he's the nexus mm -hmm. of that. And I think it'd be funny if uh, like Beverly's like, oh, yeah, well, at least our son's still alive. Deanna. <laughs> Jesus. You know, it's like just like oh, I guess there's no rules on how we're just going to go in on our our uh, you know our our fucking kids. Okay, all right. What's their daughter doing right now? That's a good question. That's she's a really home alone question. eating leftover pizza. <laughs> she's in a she's in a she's in a a changeling solid concentration camp that they've shipped yeah, yeah, her off to. Probably right. Uh, also they, they, eating eating Riker's were, leftover pizza. <laughs> they were all taken prisoner. And she was brought before Riker. I assume yeah. the daughter was taken prisoner. Yeah, not just Had left to there. Be. Yeah, she's just in some kind of uh, changeling penal colony now. Yeah, and will be for the foreseeable future. So they, the, we know about this darkness, this ancient, this voice inside that is described as ancient and weak. Again, I don't know exactly where they're going to this, but I'm intrigued because it's got to be somebody we know. It's got to be someone from the yeah. past, and it can't be Q. It's Khan. Don't know how, but it's Khan. That's the right nut coming in. Mm -hmm. Him, they were <laughs> Khan and the Changelings locked in eternal struggle inside Picard's scrotum for the last 20 years. God. Who will come out on top? Just uh, twisting and turning. Do you ever wonder oh, what they're doing in that that what your what their boys are doing in that sack? Well, that's what they're doing. They're struggling for supremacy. Maybe it's Malcolm McDowell. Wasn't he the same race as Guinan? Oh, the Alurian, the Alarans, Alarans. Yeah, whatever she is, she's ancient. Well, I don't know. It depends on your definition of ancient, but she's pretty old. 
<laughs> which would mean he could be pretty old. Uh, they had that whole experience with the Nexus together, him and Picard, and mm. maybe there's some Nexus juice in there. I don't, I don't really know. Just Whoopi trying to think Goldberg, who has a connection. Ancient, ancient. I don't know. She might be pissed if you she heard you talking that way. Look, she's canonically she's old, right? This is true. Yeah, she was hanging old. out with Mark Twain. She's at least 400 years old. That's pretty yeah. ancient. Anyway, Deanna conducts a hurry-up therapy session with Jack. She tells him to open the red door in his mind, and the episode ends just as he's about to. You can't you can't rush to the end of healing, Deanna. Right? <laughs> I like her. Just after she said, you know, I, in retrospect, I probably could have handled my husband's grief better. Mm-hmm. She grabs Jack's hand. It's like, you and me, buddy, let's kick in this trauma door. <laughs> Poof. We've got no. I got 15 I, I, minutes. The clock's running. Let's go. Can, can you give me something like to take the edge off? Some kind of serotonin up? No, no, we don't. <laughs> just, just hold my hand, boy. We're going in. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And that door, like, you know, what is the one thing they tell you? Like, if you're, you know, like uh, you go to all these fire training, you know, like uh, little, the classes and, you know, the firemen come and they tell you. It's like they always, they always say, you know, you got to get on the floor and crawl so you avoid the smoke. Also, uh-huh. when you get to a closed door, what are you supposed to do, Jim? J- you jiggle the knob to let the other side know you're about to bust the fuck in, right? But but if you touch that <laughs> knob and it's hot, you don't open, right? Unless you're ready to bust the fuck in, and then you can open it, yeah. That's what I say. It's like, there's like literally <laughs> magma. You look through that keyhole, uh-huh. and there's like fucking boiling magma. It's like, don't open this door. Yeah. Don't open this door. No, she's going to get a face full of smoke in the next episode, I assume. Like this is—is is this going to kill her? Is it possible Deanna's going to die from this? How would you feel about Star Trek Picard killing one of the bridge crew of the original Enterprise D? I would like, hate. I would hate. I, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I. Uh, that's that's some bad juju. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they already killed I don't Data. Think she dies. Well, they but they can't. But they can't bring her back. Oh. Positronic soon bodies. She turns into a golem. She can, she can. She can turn into a horrifying golem, and also she can do that little Spock thing where she just grabs Jack's yep. head and says, "Remember, yep. you know." And she just, you know, Betazoid downloads her mind into his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then Deanna <laughs> gets a, a ways horrifying around it, golem body. Uh huh. <laughs> but she. But she's like. You know what? I don't want the old man shitty golem body. I want the hot young Deanna body that I used to have. That's what I want. Uh, well, I almost certainly executive producers do. Like that would be, right? Oh my god! I mean, you don't that cast would be seven so f- of nine. That would be kind of wild that they put Picard, they put Jean Luc Picard <laughs> right? in the old man body, and then uh, well, you know How what? Ridiculous. We actually can digitally de-age him or make you look like you're 25 again. We're uh, jealous of God. what they've been doing with Mark Hamill over there in the Disney side. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's let's. Uh, and in fact, we're bringing out the old blue dress for you to wear <laughs> on the pilot. Uh, going to get that sex appeal going again. No, I, I don't think they do that. That'd be. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, man. Uh, any last minute guesses as to what's behind this red door? I assume it's the torture he experienced in the lab, because uh, he's a changeling. But we'll see. A fabulous vacation showcase. Oh, yeah. 
And then you have to pay taxes Vedic, on that, Jack. Watch out. Ve- and then Vedic's going to reconstitute and say, or would you like to go behind the blue door? Mm-hmm. And then Jack's going <laughs> to be sitting the there turning to Deanna and, De- you know, and he's uh, looking for audience participation and he doesn't know which door to open. And, he asks his mom, yeah. who's familiar with the red and the blue. She's like, oh, fuck if I know. God, <laughs> I yeah, just pick just one. Open them. Open both. Like, right? <laughs> right. That's what I always did. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't have anything else. I've, I've made all my all best right. guesses. Uh, if you would like to send us feedback, I apologize. We haven't gotten to any of this year. It's been a weird schedule. We're recording all these advance. Uh, I was, we we're going to do a roundup and then I had to go on vacation. Uh, it might just be a season ending thing, but I've been keeping up with it. Picard at ballmove.com If you care to do that, uh, you can also follow us, see all the other crazy things we're doing, uh, doing yellow jackets on Showtime. We're doing Mando on Disney plus. Uh, there's a lot of things we're going to science fiction. It's going to be a good year for science fiction foundation on Apple TV plus is coming down the pike a little bit later. Uh, so check that out. Severance. That's the big, bad sci-fi show. I'm looking forward to coming back again on Apple plus. Uh, but you can follow all that on twitter.com slash bald move. And of course, if you'd like to help support what we're doing here at bald move and get a couple things for yourself, get some extra bonus audio video, uh, material get ad free feed support.baldmove.com is how you do it otherwise yeah bring it on to the penultimate i will make another announcement that like we have uh, got to the end of another batch of screeners and again it's entirely possible that uh, we won't get any more because sometimes they don't give you the finale or the penultimate um and mm-hmm. if that is the case then don't panic if you don't see star trek out for the the day it drops we'll be back as soon as we can because uh, we'll just have to watch it ourselves. But yeah, hopefully we'll get the screeners for the last two and we'll continue to deploy these the day and time that the episode drops. We'll see. Uh, but either way, we'll be finishing out this season. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll see you next week for the penultimate episode, as I said. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>